Chapter thirteen of The Sword of Damocles by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The End of My Lady's Picture Heaven from all creatures tides the book of fate. Pope Mrs. Sylvester was spending an evening at home. This was something so unusual for this august lady of fashion to indulge in that she found it difficult not to fall asleep in the huge crimson-backed chair in which she had chosen to ensconce herself. Not that she had desisted from making every effort known to mortal woman to keep herself awake and, if possible, amused till the expected travellers should arrive. She had played with her bird till the spoiled pet had himself protested, ducking his head under his wing, and proceeding without ceremony to make up his little feather bed, as cunning Geraldine used to call the round, fluffy ball into which he rolled himself at night. More than that, she had looked over her ornaments and taken out such articles as she thought could be spared for Paula, to say nothing of playing a bar or so from the last operatic sensation and laboriously cutting open the leaves of the new magazine. But it was all of no use, and the heavy white lids were slowly falling when the bell rang and Mr. Bertram Mandeville was announced, or rather Bertram Sylvester, as he now chose to be called. It was a godsend to her, as she politely informed him upon his entrance, and though in his secret heart he felt anything but godsend, he was not of a make to appreciate his uncle's wife at her very evident value, he consented to remain and assist her in disposing of the evening till Mr. Sylvester should return. "'He is going to bring a pretty girl with him,' remarked she, in a tone of some interest. "'A cousin of mine from Grotewell. I should like to have you see her.' "'Thank you,' replied he, his mind roaming off at the suggestion, into the region of a certain plain little music-room where the clock on the mantel ticked to the beating of his own heart. And for ten minutes Mrs. Sylvester had the pleasure of filling the room with a stream of easy talk, in which Grotewell, Dark Beauties, the coming Seventh Regiment reception, the last bit of gossip from London, and the exact situation of the Madison Bank formed the principal topics. To the one last mentioned, it having taken the form of a question, he was forced to reply. But the simple locality having been learned, she rambled easily on, this time indulging him with a criticism upon the personal appearance of certain business gentlemen who visited the house, ending with the somewhat startling declaration, "'If Edward were not the fine-appearing gentleman that he undoubtedly is, I should feel utterly out of place in these handsome parlours. Anything but to see an elegant and modern home, decorated with the costliest works of art, and filled with bijouterie of the most exquisite delicacy, presided over by a plain and commonplace woman, or a bald-headed and inferior-looking man. The contrast is too vivid. Works of the highest art, do not need such a startling comparison to bring out their beauty. Now, if Edward stood in the throne-room of a palace, he would somehow make it seem to others as a handsome set-off to his own face and figure. 
this was all very wife-like if somewhat unnecessary and bertram could have listened to it with pleasure if she had not cast the frequent and sidelong glances at the mirror which sufficiently betrayed the fact that she included herself in this complacent conclusion as indeed she may have considered herself justified in doing husband and wife being undoubtedly of one flesh as it was he maintained an immovable countenance though he admired his uncle as much as she did and the conversation gradually languished till the white somnolent lids of the lady again began to show certain premonitory signs of drooping when suddenly they were both aroused by the well-known click of a latch-key in the door and in another moment mr sylvester's voice was heard in the hall saying in tones whose cheery accents made his wife's eyes open in surprise welcome home my dear they have come murmured mrs sylvester rising with a look of undeniable expectation had paula not been a beauty she would have remained seated yes we have come was heard in hearty tones from the doorway and mr sylvester with a proud look which bertram long remembered ushered into their presence a young girl whose simple cloak and bonnet in no wise prevented mrs sylvester from recognizing the somewhat uncommon beauty she had been led to expect paula this is your cousin owner and ah bertram glad to see you this is my only nephew mr sylvester the young girl lost in the sudden glamour of numerous lights shining upon splendours such as she may have dreamed of over the pages of irving's alhambra but certainly had never before seen blushed with very natural embarrassment but yet managed to bestow a pretty enough greeting upon the elegant woman and handsome youth while ona after the first moment of almost involuntary hesitation took in hers the two trembling hands of her youthful cousin and actually kissed her cheek i am not given to caresses as you know she afterwards explained in a somewhat apologetic tone to her husband and anything like an appeal for one on the part of a child or an inferior i detest but her simple way of holding out her hand disarmed me and then such a face demands a certain amount of homage does it not and her husband in his surprise was forced to acknowledge to himself that as closely as he had studied his wife's nature for ten years there were certain crooks and turns in it which even he had never penetrated you look dazzled that lady exclaimed gazing not unkindly into the young girl's face the sudden glare of so much gaslight has bewildered you i do not think it is that returned paula with a frank and admiring look at the gorgeous room and the circle of pleasant faces about her sudden lights i can bear but i have come from a little cottage on the hillside and the magnificence of nature does not prepare you for the first sudden view of the splendours of art mrs sylvester smiled and cast a side glance of amusement at bertram you admire our new hangings i see remarked she with an indulgence of the other's naivete 
that greatly relieved her husband but in that instant a change had come across paula the simple country maid had assimilated herself with the surroundings and with a sudden grace and dignity that were unstudied as they were charming dropped her eyes from her cousin's portrait that for some reason seemed to shine with more than its usual insistence and calmly replied i admire all beautiful colour it is my birthright as a walton to do so i suppose mrs sylvester was a walton also and therefore smiled but her husband who had marked with inward distrust the sudden transformation in paula now stepped forward with a word or two of remark concerning his appetite a prosaic allusion that led to the rapid disappearance of the ladies upstairs and a short but hurried conversation between the two gentlemen i have brought you a sealed envelope from the office said bertram who in accordance with his uncle's advice had already initiated himself into business by assuming the position of clerk in the office of the wealthy speculator ah returned his uncle hastily opening it as i expected a meeting has been held this day by the board of directors of the madison bank a vote was cast my proxy did his duty and i am duly elected president bertram we know what that means smiled he holding out his hand with an affectionate warmth greatly in advance of the emotion displayed by him on a former occasion i hope so indeed young bertram responded an increase of fortune and honour for you though you seem to have both in the fullest measure already and a start in the new life for me to whom fortune and honour mean happiness a smile younger and more full of hope than any he had seen on his uncle's face for years responded to this burst bertram said he since our conversation of a couple of weeks ago something has occurred which somewhat alters the opinions i then expressed if you have patience equal to your energy and a self-control that will not put to shame your unbounded trust in women i think i can say god speed to your serious undertaking with something like a good heart women are not all frivolous and foolish-minded there are some jewels of simple goodness and faith yet left in the world thank god for your conversion returned his nephew smiling and if this lovely girl whom you have just introduced to me is the cause of it then thank god for her also his uncle bowed with a gravity almost solemn but the ladies returning at this moment he refrained from further reply after supper to which unusual meal mr sylvester insisted upon his nephew remaining the two gentlemen again drew apart if you have decided upon buying the shares i have mentioned said the former you had better get your money in a position to handle at once i shall wish to present you to mr stuyvesant to-morrow and i should like to be able to mention you as a future stockholder in the bank mr stuyvesant exclaimed bertram ignoring the rest of the sentence yes returned his uncle with a smile 
Thaddeus Stuyvesant is the next largest stockholder to myself in the Madison Bank, and his patronage is not an undesirable one. Indeed, I was not aware. Excuse me, I should be happy, stammered the young man. As for the money, it is all in governments and is at your command whenever you please. That is good. I'll notify you when I'm ready for the transfer. And now come, said he, with a change from his deep business tone to the lighter one of ordinary social converse. Forget for a half hour that you have discarded the name of Mandeville, and give us an aria or a sonata from Mendelssohn before those hands have quite lost their cunning. But the ladies, inquired the youth, glancing towards the drawing-room, where Mrs. Sylvester was giving Paula her first lesson in ceramics. Ah, it is to see how the charm will act upon my shy country lassie that I request such a favour. Has she never heard, Mendelssohn? Not with your interpretation. Without further hesitation, the young musician proceeded to the piano, which occupied a position opposite to my lady's picture in this anomalous room denominated by courtesy the library. In another instant, a chord delicate and ringing disturbed the silence of the long vista, and one of Mendelssohn's most exquisite songs trembled in all its delicious harmony through these apartments of sensuous luxury. Mr. Sylvester had seated himself where he could see the distant figure of Paula, and leaning back in his chair, watched for the first startled response on her part. He was not disappointed. At the first note, he beheld her spirited head turn in a certain wondering surprise, followed presently by her whole quivering form, till he could perceive her face, upon which were the dawnings of a great delight, flush and pale by turns, until the climax of the melody being reached, she came slowly down the room, stretching out her hands like a child, and breathing heavily, as if her ecstasy of joy in its impotence to adequately express itself had caught an expression from pain. Oh, Mr. Sylvester, was all she said, as she reached that gentleman's side. But Bertram Mandeville recognised the accents of an unfathomable appreciation in that simple exclamation, and struck into a grand old battle-song that had always made his own heart beat with something of the fire of ancient chivalry under its breastplate of modern broadcloth. "'It is the voice of the thunderclouds when they marshal for battle,' exclaimed she at the conclusion. I can hear the cry of a righteous struggle all through the sublime harmony. You are right. It is a war-song ancient as the time of battle-axes and spears, quoth Bertram from his seat at the piano. I thought I detected the flashing of steel, returned she. Oh, what a world lies in those simple bits of ivory! Say rather in the fingers that sweep them, uttered Mr. Sylvester. You will not hear such music often. I am glad of that, she cried simply. Then in a quick conscious tone explained, I mean that the hearing of such music 
makes an era in our life a starting point for thoughts that reach away into eternity we could not bear such experiences often it would confuse the spirit if not deaden its enjoyment or so it seems to me she added naively glancing at her cousin who now came sweeping in from the further room where she had been trying the effect of a change in the arrangement of two little pet monstrosities of japanese ware what seems to you that lady inquired oh mr mandeville's playing i beg pardon sylvester is the name by which you now wish to be addressed i suppose fine isn't it she rambled on all in the same tone while she cautiously hid an unfortunate gape of her rosy mouth behind the folds of her airy handkerchief mr turner says the hiatus you have made in the musical world by leaving the concert room for the desk can never be repaired she went on supposedly to her nephew though she did not look his way being at that instant engaged in sinking into her favourite chair i am glad bertram politely returned with a frank smile to have enjoyed the approval of so cultivated a critic as mr turner i own it occasions me a pang now and then he remarked to his uncle over his shoulder to think i shall never again call up those looks of self-forgetful delight which i have sometimes detected on the faces of certain ones in my audience and he relapsed without pause into a solemn anthem the very reverse of the stirring tones which he had previously accorded them now we are in a temple whispered paula subduing the sudden interest and curiosity which this young man's last words had awakened and the awe which crept over her countenance was the fittest interpretation to those noble sounds which the one weary-hearted man in that room could have found i have something to tell you owner remarked mr sylvester shortly after this as the music being over they all sat down for a final chat about the fireside i have received notice that the directors of the madison bank have this day elected me their president i thought you might like to know it to-night it is a very gratifying piece of news certainly president of the madison bank sounds very well does it not paula the young girl with her soul yet ringing with the grand and solemn harmonies of mendelssohn and chopin turned at this with her brightest smile it certainly does and a little awe-inspiring too she added with her arch glance your congratulations are also requested for our new assistant cashier arise bertram and greet the ladies with a blush his young nephew arose to his feet what are you going into the banking business queried mrs sylvester mr turner will be more shocked than ever he chooses to say that bankers merchants and such are the solid rock of his church while the lighter fry such as artists musicians and let us hope he includes us ladies are its minarets and steeples now to make a foundation out of a steeple will quite overturn his methodical mind i fear mr sylvester looked genially at his wife she was not accustomed to attempt the facetious 
but paula seemed to have the power of bringing out unexpected lights and shadows from all with whom she came in contact a clergyman who rears his church on the basis of wealth must expect some overturning now and then laughed he if by means of it he turns a fresh side to the sun it will do him no harm chimed in paula seldom had there been so much simple gaiety round that fireside the very atmosphere grew lighter and the brilliance of my lady's picture became less oppressive we ought to have a happy winter of it spoke up mr sylvester with a glance around him life never looked more cheerful for us all i think what do you say bertram my boy it certainly looks promising for me and for me murmured paula the complacent way with which mrs sylvester smoothed out the feathers of her fan with her jewelled right hand she always carried a fan winter and summer some said for the purpose of displaying those same jewelled fingers was sufficient answer for her at that moment there was a hush when suddenly the small clock on the mantelpiece struck eleven and instantly as if awaiting the signal there came a rush and a heavy crash which drew everyone to their feet and the brilliant portrait of my lady fell from the wall and toppling over the cabinet beneath slid with the various articles of bronze and china thereon almost to the very chair in which its handsome prototype had been sitting it was a startling interruption and for an instant no one spoke then paula with a look towards her cousin breathed to herself rather than said pray god it be not an omen and the pale countenances of the two gentlemen standing face to face on either side of that fallen picture showed that the shadow of the same superstition had insensibly crossed their own minds mrs sylvester was the only one who remained unmoved lift it up cried she and let us see if it has sustained any injury instantly bertram and her husband sprang forward and in a moment its glowing surface was turned upward who could read the meaning of the look that crossed her husband's face as he perceived that the sharp spear of the bronze horseman which had been overturned in the fall had penetrated the rosy countenance of the portrait and destroyed that importunate smile for ever i suppose it is a judgment upon me for putting all the money you had allowed me for charitable purposes into that exquisite bit of bronze observed mrs sylvester stooping above the overturned horseman with an expression of regret she had not chosen to bestow on her own ruined picture ah he is less of a champion than i imagined he has lost his spear in the struggle paula glanced at her cousin in surprise was this pleasantry only a veil assumed by this courtly lady to hide her very natural regret over the more serious accident even her husband turned toward her with a certain puzzled inquiry in his troubled countenance but her expression of unconcern was too natural evidently the destruction of the picture had awakened but small regret in her volatile mind she is less vain than i thought was the inward comment of paula 
ah simple child of the woods and streams it is the extent of her vanity not the lack of it that has produced this effect she has begun to realize that ten years have elapsed since this picture was painted and that people are beginning to say as they examine it mrs sylvester has not yet lost her complexion i see a break necessarily followed this disturbance and before long bertram took his leave not without a cordial pressure from his uncle's hand and a look of kindly interest from the stranger lassie upon whose sympathetic and imaginative mind the hints let fall as to his former profession had produced a deep impression with his departure mrs sylvester's weariness returned and ere long she led the way to her apartments upstairs as paula was hastening to follow mr sylvester stopped her you will not allow this unfortunate occurrence he said with a slight gesture towards the picture now standing with its face against the wall to mar your first sleep under my roof will you paula my child no not if you say that you think cousin ona will not be likely to connect it with my appearance here i do not think she will she is not superstitious and besides does not seem to greatly regret the misfortune then i will forget it all and only remember the music it was all you anticipated it was more sometime i will tell you about the player and the sweet young girl he loves does he she paused blushing love was a subject upon which she had never yet spoken to any one yes he does mr sylvester returned smiling i thought there was a meaning in the music i did not quite understand good night uncle he had requested her to address him thus though he was in truth her cousin and many many thanks but he stopped her again you think you will be happy in these rooms said he you love splendour she was not yet sufficiently acquainted with his voice to detect the regret underlying its kindly tone and answered without suspicion i did not know it before but i fear that i do it dazzled at first but now it seems as if i had reached a home towards which i had always been journeying i shall dream away hours of joy before each little ornament that adorns your parlours the very tiles that surround the fireplace will demand a week of attention at least she ended with a smile but unlike formerly he did not seem to catch the infection i had rather you had cared less said he but instantly regretted the seeming reproach for her eyes filled with tears and the tones of her voice trembled as she replied do you think the beauty i have seen has made me forget the kindness that has brought me here i love fine and noble objects glory of colour and harmony of shape but more than all these do i love a generous soul without a blot on its purity or a flaw in its integrity she had meant to utter something that would show her appreciation of his goodness and the universal esteem in which he was held but was quite unprepared for the start that he gave 
and the unmistakable deepening of the shadow on his sombre face but before she could express her regret at the offence whatever it was he had recovered himself and it was with a fatherly tenderness that he laid his hand upon hers while he said such a soul may yours ever continue my child and then stood watching her as she glided up the stairs her charming face showing every now and then as she leaned on her winding way to the top to bestow upon him the tender little smile she had already learned was his solace and delight it was the beginning of happier days for him end of chapter thirteen